Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. This episode of Pitstop is a little bit different recorded in person with Jeremy Horowitz. You may know him from previous pit stop appearances. You might know him from me going on his show. This was actually our fourth time at recording together. So the chemistry is really good. We had a lot of fun. In the first episode, we talked about organic strategies that still work. No SEO is not dead, but it has changed. Then I break it up into a two-parter with episode two being all about international expansion. Hope you enjoy this episode of Pit Stop. Welcome, Jeremy. Fourth podcast we recorded together, recording in person. I know, it's crazy. Oh, it's weird. It's great. when you. So we're at the Shopify New York office, if you, if you couldn't tell by the, the sign behind me or you're listening on, on audio because it is a podcast. But we, the Shopify opened up the, the new studio, the new podcast stuff. Let me try to get this arm. There we go. They opened up the new podcast studio, so I rented it. I was coming down to, to promote some other stuff, had, had some meetings, and who do I know in New York? Jeremy. Jeremy's in New York. Jeremy loves podcasts. Got to reach out. And when you, you, you were here earlier, and I was here earlier, and I just heard Lucas. And it was just after a year and a half of, of isolation. It's, it's cool to hear someone say your name, who you know and haven't seen. But we recorded yeah. our first podcast pre-pandemic. We recorded a second one, I remember. Number two mid-pandemic. Number two right mid-pandemic. Right in the like throes I, of it. Because I was staying at the, the creepy old hotel. I recorded it in the egg chair, Great Acoustics. But that was like April, May. Of 2020, of, yeah. Of 2020. And we recorded another one sort of like, once we're just kind of used to the normal, but it's nice to to record in person. It almost feels like, not that we're we're done, but we're we're on the right side of of where we want to be. We can finally see the light we at the end of the tunnel. It's nice. Yeah, this actually, I think is actually my first podcast I've de- ever done in person. But yeah, this is like one of my first social interactions post COVID. So it was it was one of those nice things of like that old awkward interaction of like you think you see you know someone across the room and then you're like, do I know them? And you get a little closer and you're like, and then I was like, oh, it's Lucas. Ah. Like, <laughs> what's up? And it's like, yeah, it's great to be back. It's great to be talking ecom in person. I think what's really interesting to me also is that like we're in person, but it also seems like the new era of online stores as well. Like. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we all know everything being locked down, all, all the shutdowns really shifted everybody online. Mm-hmm. But it really feels like there's this new generation of brands that have popped up in the past year. And it was really cool, like, especially being in Shopify, they were hosting a marketing little workshop earlier. Mm-hmm. And to see, like, yeah, they do it daily at 11 a.m. Yeah, it was like 10 people were there all launching their new stores, all getting mm-hmm. going. And just like really different and creative ways of launching a new store. It isn't just the like, we're drop shipping stuff from China or we're it's legitimate businesses. And yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with drop shipping, but a lot of the strategies and tactics we're, we're going to talk about aren't, aren't quite as applicable for, for the drop shippers for some, I mean, they work for Wayfair, but it's beyond just phone cases and all the chashkis yeah, we got stuff. started with. Like, it's <laughs> almost like we're in that third wave of e-commerce now. 
Yeah. And it's really cool also to hear so many people who are like start, starting to make their products back in the US. It's really interesting mm-hmm. to see that shift is I feel like my entire career in e-com has always been we import from overseas, get into a warehouse, get its customers as soon as possible. Whereas it seems like there's this nice new wave of producing locally, producing close to home and then figuring out how to scale that up, which I don't think there's anything wrong with dropshipping. I didn't mean to that to like say anything bad about dropshipping. That, to me, that seemed like the last major wave of new entrants into the market. Mm-hmm. And it just... To me, at least, especially being here today, there just seems to be really be that another new wave and another new evolution. And yeah, it's just really cool. It's going to be cool to see how all of these brands build their business. And I think one of the things that just kept coming up in those conversations with those brands today, whether it was starting a luxury pet accessory business Mm -hmm. or to the company that is printing disposable, sorry, not printing, taking disposable film and digitizing it and sending it back to people, which... I would never think of as an e-com business, but is very unique. So when he was saying Gen Z loves disposable cameras, how old were you feeling? Oh my god! I like I know I'm starting to get some gray hairs, but I was just like, okay, the whole whole head and beard are now just falling <laughs> right now. Oh, we have everything in common and nothing in common. Cool, cool, yeah. cool, 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 yeah. cool, cool. Nice, but yeah. So I know we wanted to talk about organic, how to grow organically. I feel like there's mm-hmm. been SEO had its heyday years ago. Organic socials had their heyday year, years ago, kind of lost that cool and that kind of everybody uses it and does it when paid social and influencers really took off. But I think it's an old school tactic, something that you and I kind of probably got both mm-hmm. started early on that I think is making a comeback. So do you just want to dive into like how you think about organic from a SEO perspective as well? Yeah, as let's talk about SEO organic and then how that'll segue into just selling in, in other places. Yeah, definitely. So... When I got started, probably like seriously as a marketer, 2011, 2012, starting to really try to rank on Google. And it wasn't like you hear about in the early 2000s where it's just find a word and keyword stuff the page. Yeah, right. One article and you're good. Yeah, one article. Just say the word as many times as you can. Change the the font to white so it matches your background. Yeah. And it's like, it was the, how can we just stuff as many keywords yeah one thing it didn't really have to read well, well. you see it now and we'll, we'll just use a, our friend over at indisposable for the disposable cameras but it would be like disposable camera development new york disposable camera development chicago disposable camera right. development miami yeah. like in the footer and it's just trying to drive back to all these landing pages that don't really go anywhere but seo is it really is coming back into its heyday again because people are always searching for stuff they always ask Google first. Google might have their own results. So how do you optimize those to bring back? A, a quick win is if you have a Google Place listing, get a handful of people that you know to, to just leave a review on it so you don't have like one four-star review from an angry customer. Right. Just all of this little stuff. Or making it easy to just send people to your website. Just add in the, the basic details of even Google local listings so that you're at the top of, of the results. Yeah. And I know that Listen, SEO isn't the sexiest thing. It does take time for that to pay off and it really does take time for that to build. But it's one of those things if it's just a little bit, hit the gym every day, make those small updates over time and it can really pay off. Another thing that was always been really successful and I I love that you shared this earlier with Indisposable was just update your product titles and just update the the titles of your pages. And if you just include those little high value keywords that get people to your site, that's so valuable that... It's just a lot of those little things. It's a lot of piecing it together where it's not going to be one massive ad campaign launch or one email that really kicks it off. It's going to be the combination of things that's really going to 
win for your brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, it, SEO is really the gift that keeps on giving because you can have seasonal SEO, which everyone sleeps on. And I think that's honestly, that's one of your, my favorite pieces of your advice. I think it's just so brilliant and just so like, not easy, but such a just straight path to execute. Well, it's on. simple. So, so for context, one of the best things that I did, I had a natural dog tree company called Trees Happen. And every year we'd add a few more dog Halloween costumes and then share those photos to Pinterest. So we got a lot of, uh, a lot of traffic and juice coming from Pinterest. But if you were searching for boxer dog Halloween costumes, we were the first result and it wasn't a lot of competition. And in a lot of industries, in, in the pet industry, you're competing against Mars, Hills, Royal Canin, Pedigree, all these big companies. You're not going to outrank them for anything that you might want to. But for the fun stuff, they're not really thinking about it. You have that advantage. And once you do it for one year, it keeps coming up year after year after year. So if you can find six, seven holidays to rank for each year, then that's six or seven large boosts of, of traffic. And Halloween's great because right after Halloween, we got Thanksgiving in the U.S., BFCM, Festivus, Christmas, New Year's, Boxing Day in Canada. It just it sets you up to freshen up your list, get a bunch of new new traffic, re-engage, etc. Mother's Day, Father's Day, and I was filming a, a TikTok where it just gave me a quick SEO tip, and Steve Toth talked about it on, on my podcast, Pit Stop, where if you, let's say you do a Father's Day collection and you get a little bit of press around it, don't change your URL to your store.com slash Father's Day 2021, Father's Day 2022. Just keep that slash Father's Day. It's a shorter URL. If you really want to get into a technical SEO, it'll help you out a marginal amount there. But you get that link juice year after year. So when people are searching for best Father's Day bundles, you're at the top of the list. And you keep on adding one or two links every year. And after three, four years, you you kind of got a nice little moat that, that tops you up without having to do really any more work. It yeah. really it takes a while to pay off, but it's a gift that keeps giving. Yeah. And it's it's right there and it's ready for next year, which I think is so important. The other thing that I think is if you can like think creatively about it, can get really fun and build your brand mm-hmm. is you you just slightly change how you position the products on your site. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure for your dog wearing for Halloween, it wasn't a massive whole cha- wholesale change of a product or you weren't like greatly changing what you were releasing, yeah. but it was just that slight repositioning. Yeah. No tricks, just treats. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just like some good, some good copywriting. And then you can do that year over year with just a little bit of a change. And it's one of those things also of instead of trying to push for the Labor Day, Memorial Day, like big sales event every year, it's a way to get that same attention, get that same traffic to your site, but preserve margin at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then the cool thing to me also is that once you figure out like you do that type of thing, you figure out what those events are and everybody has this. I mean, everybody, every business at this point has a national something day. Mm-hmm. And if you don't think you do, I would research it. There's like 500 there's like something. There, there's point. national smoked beef brisket day. You have a day. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't yes. invent one, the bar is very low. Right. Yeah. I mean, and so there's national there's, bearded podcast day is probably a thing. And if it isn't, we really yeah, should do one. But, and, and I think that's the brilliant part of it is that once you have that core piece of content, you can just take pieces of it, break it up. And then that can be your content in other channels so that you promote it on socials. So you promote it in other areas. And it's that nice thing, like what you're mentioning earlier of even on Pinterest, like you pin a couple things, it drives more traffic. You come back, you pin a couple more. And it's just this nice self feeding mm-hmm. cycle that, 
it's not going to be the immediate return that everybody's looking for, but you give it a year or two and you have an asset that will continue to appreciate for six, 10, 15 years. And people talk about incremental gains or 1% each day. If you do three things, that's a thousand things a year. Yeah. And it's not that hard to once a week, Google your bestsellers and see what the, the autofill is. And maybe you have a word that you can add to your product at all that converts just a little bit better. Yeah. And I think that's such a great idea because I love, yeah, I love the James Clear. Like you just can do a couple of small things every week to have that outsized income, outsized impact. I think the other important thing you just mentioned is also like be smart about it. Don't mm -hmm. just do this to random stuff on your site, like promote what you know is going to sell and what you know is going to move. And the other thing actually that I thought was interesting that kind of sparked this whole conversation earlier was we were talking about TikTok and how ephemeral that is. Like they, you can catch a wave, it can be super viral, but it has no staying power. Mm -hmm. Well, look and at dog face for 20 with ocean spray. Real, oh, I actually totally for a second forgot how it was. That's just the perfect example. But yeah, right. Like something can capture so many people's attention and then they're just going to move on to the next thing. And I know it's kind of opposite ends of the spectrum, but I think there really is a like toss it up and catch it f process that you can put in here of if you know that somebody, something really took off on social and there's a real interest there, while it might not have had staying power on social, people are still going to be interested in learning more about that. Mm -hmm. So if you can tie those two things together of what can we play from the organic content on social, get viral, get a lot of engagement on, what can we build SEO content that we know people are going to search for afterwards? You can almost create your own demand where you're taking people off of social and pushing them to your website, not just through the traditional branded tactics of just like search for jeremysblacktees.com, but also like other topics like, oh, I am interested in, in National Beard Podcast Day and I'm going to go Google that. And then if you've been intentional mm -hmm. about it, you can then rank number one, get people into your funnel that way. And then, right, that just speeds off. You also, what else is really cool is if you use pop-up tools today and you really are clever about how you track it and how you think about it, you can show different pop-ups based on different pages and different designate, mm -hmm. like where people came in. And that's it. It's We all have access to the same keyword data. But our first party data for our customers, it's all unique. We know better than, than, than anyone what our customers like. And it's one of my, my ethos is find what your, who your best customers are. So cheap to acquire, not, don't harass your customer support team. Just, they spend a lot. Yeah. You, you don't have to run ads to get them. Find out what they like and then just do more of that. It's almost like chumming the water for, for your customers. Yeah, your VIPs. Like, yeah. The bar is low at 2% conversions. It, it doesn't need to be that powerful. But if you know that this is what your customers like, like let's say your customers just love sparkling water, you can do a blog post about sparkling water, non-alcoholic drink recipes, and then loosely tie in your products. So let's say it's Jeremy's Black Teas. Hey, you know, classic black tea, great for any event, covers the stains if you're mixing drinks for your friends. Yeah. So that's a tie-in. That's Yeah, that's a great idea. I'm going to steal that for Jeremy's Black Teas. <laughs> but the other thing with it is that you need to remind your customers you exist. Yes. Yes. It's, and and there, there's ways to do that other than 10% off. Like, I would, I would like to think so. Like maybe <laughs> the, like the, the drink recipe for Jeremy's black teas, it's just something to engage your customers with that either increases your, your social reach, your, which again is a form of organic marketing. It increases your, your email deliverability. If you know that you can segment your audience based on something more interest based, Maybe, you know, and I, I was at Dreamforce a few years ago and it was the head of e-commerce for Under Armour. 
and he talked about marketing personalization at scale. And the example that he used was The Rock. Everyone loves The Rock, right? Dwayne Johnson? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's hard to hate that guy. No, some people do. Guess what? When they never get an email from Dwayne Johnson, never in the inbox, because they know that that audience just doesn't like it. They know that some of their audience is, is really into hunting and, and more of that stuff. Other members are vegan, long distance runners. And it's making sure that you're not crossing your 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 secondary interests with with one another that can can counteract so i think there's something to be said for using that or, or organic data to segment and strengthen your list as well and i think we all know that that email like i always joke but not really joking email and seo is what pays the bills yeah i mean it's the reason it's the two classic channels for ecom for 20 years now at this point i mean since both have existed it's been the backbone of it. And the other thing, I'm just going to go on a sort of tight, a quick side tangent because I always got to talk about SMS, is too many brands are way too gun shy about sending content through SMS. If you have great organic content, just send it. People love to engage with that kind of stuff. And it's the same cycle we just talked about. You know what they're interested in. You can send them more of what they're interested in. And if you just have a great cadence of that, it just becomes a self-filling system where your organic and SEO content is what's getting people's attention. It's getting them to the site. You filter it based on what they show you they're interested on site. Mm -hmm. And then you just give that to them more in email and SMS. And that's your full funnel right there, mm -hmm. right? Like you don't need to go spend $50,000 on Facebook every month to get people to give you their email at an 8% rate and to convert it at a 2% rate and then discount everything down to get them to buy the funnel. It's a longer term play, but if you're really good at creating organic content, it's it's gonna be a game changer for your brand. And I mean, right, because at the end of the day, the best business model in the world is creating a amazing piece of content. Mm -hmm. Like outside of maybe the trillion dollar companies, nobody has made any more money off of one amazing piece of content than like a great movie or TV show. Like, right, like Larry David, Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld are still cashing checks. <laughs> for how great that show, those shows were. New season of Curb, dropping soon. Larry Larry David, if you're in New York, come, we will record the podcast together. Oh, that would be so much Patron fun. Saint Larry David. I'm actually, uh, I have a course coming out pretty soon. I haven't told anyone about it. It's called Unleash okay. the Larry David Within to help build self-confidence. <laughs> for example, let's say we're in a meeting, podcast recording session you want to get out of. Great lesson from Pat Patron Saint David. Just lead, walk for the door. The words will come. <laughs> I... I would actually love to, I don't know if anybody knows Alex McEachern, but he had this great podcast where he recorded an episode of e-commerce metrics with his mom and asked her what she thought that meant. And I would just not doing metrics, but I would just love to like hear Larry David's gripes about like shopping and e-commerce. Like, I just think that'd be so funny to like, what are his worst shopping experience? Like what are those like little things that he like hates, like getting his order tracking confirmation email <laughs> after he receives his package. Oh, so I, and I can just see it now. Cause my, I love my mom taught phenomenal writer, better writer than I will ever be award-winning mystery author, also taught public relations for oh, no a long way. time. Great marketing mind. That's super cool. But like all good writers, including patron St. David, sometimes not afraid to, to say what she really thinks. Yeah. And sometimes she'll come in, especially during COVID, we're, we're, in, we're in the bubble. Busting, oh, Lucas, I'm so, I'm so mad. I ordered this thing online and I asked them where it was and it, it arrived before they even got back to me. What, we even have an, a customer service number if you're not going to answer customers' questions? And I, I can just see it verbatim saying the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, I was... I think to me, that's also the other interesting, like really big trend is older, pe 
older people, but people who are under the age of 50, I'd say 45, 50 are consistently shopping online now. And to me, that that's going to be one of the greatest. It's going to be like, how can e-commerce brands balance the the 18 to 26 year old purchasing habits and how they are coming into their fi financial means? And then also how people who have been shopping for forever are now just going to majority shop online. Mm -hmm. I think that's two really interesting plays. And I think that's also where to tie that back into the content conversation, you can get more creative around also kind of breaking those demos down of like somebody who's interested in Halloween is someone who's interested in Halloween. Mm -hmm. And you can like really get creative with how you push that data into your marketing platforms, into your other platforms to take all of that learning. Like you don't need to, track somebody all the way through across the internet to know what they like and to know what they want from you. There's a lot of that intent data that you can pull out from just what they do when they interact with your brand. Mm -hmm. And so two tangents, one on Halloween, I was in Chicago a couple of years ago and I just noticed how many Halloween decorations there were. Like every other house on the street had Halloween decorations. I'm like, man, there's more Halloween decorations than Christmas decorations in Toronto, like around Christmas. And I'm like, man, Chicago just really loves Halloween. I went back, checked the, the blog data or the GA of all these Halloween posts. Guess the number one city searching for dog Halloween costumes. Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, and sometimes it's making that speculation and then proving it by, by data. The, the other thing, oh, totally had a, a brain fart. I've been recording too many podcasts today. This is what we were talking about before the show, how exhausting it is to try to remember what you wanted to say. And then articulate and then the, talk. the other point. <laughs> couldn't have been that important, or, or maybe I just cost a merchant a million bucks by, by forgetting it. Oh, I remember. So, again, my my, my mom goes to, to the UK for a few months every year before COVID, and most of her friends are in the older demographic. And the two sites that they trust for online shopping, Tesco for ordering groceries, Amazon for ordering everything else. And I think it's interesting to see that the, the, the bigger sites, the marketplaces, which we may not be so fond of, are more trustworthy in shoppers' eyes. And I think that that's a, a way to to build trust. And maybe you do a blog list of complimentary products that you can find on Amazon. Look at the TikTok trends. Things you didn't know you needed off Amazon, part 95. Yeah. And you, you do that. You, you can get into some affiliate revenue if you, you really want. But it's another way to to build trust with your customers and say, oh, by the way, our products are also on Amazon, but you get a better exclusive pricing if you order directly from us. Yeah. And I mean, just, I think that's a great point of also thinking back to like my experience in e-com overall, even as a shopper, I started on Amazon. I think I actually signed up to Amazon Prime the first year that they offered it. And while now I would like to try to think that I'm migrating my spending off of Amazon mm -hmm. onto e-com platforms, I think it is a good point. Like people will be more comfortable starting there. And also kind of a little bit of a segue into what we wanted to talk about a second. It's a great way for you to get into other markets. Mm -hmm. If you're a wherever based company and you want to go sell in a different region. So we're in New York, so I'm just going to say the U.S. because that's mm -hmm. also where I'm from to keep it simple. And you want to go sell in Mexico or you want to go sell in Southeast Asia or in or, Europe. Or Canada. <laughs> Easy. They speak the same language. And, and I speak on behalf of all Canadians when I say this. We love exotic American products. <laughs> Actually, we probably should do another podcast recording on that because I do feel like I don't know. I know the Canadian brands. That I like am Canadian. Ask me anything. <laughs> I'm a dumb American. I don't know what Canada brand. Okay, so here's a question. Here's a question. Just looking at the camera. Yeah. Did you know there was an election yesterday in Canada? 
Oh, this is embarrassing. I have no idea. You know who the Prime Minister of Canada is? Justin Trudeau. Okay, there you go. Okay, yeah. I'm not that bad, but I know that there's a parliament in yep. Canada. But outside of that, the only, the only other thing I really know about politics, which is not probably shine well on my internet. diplomacy? Yes, is uh, just Rob Ford was the mayor of Toronto, but so, really more for so, shenanigans. So Rob Ford coached football against my team. What? What? Yeah, he's he, a fo- who's a football high school football coach? coach. Oh yeah, like that's part of the scandal was he was using city resources to shuttle the bus to the team around, and just man, he would get so beat red. Like he, he ate a lot of pastrami sandwiches. I'm assuming not not the greatest health wise, and he'd be yelling and just fired up, and he'd be so red during the games. It was crazy. He was a city councilor at this time, and then he went and became mayor and smoked a bunch of crack and died. Okay, yeah, if you haven't heard about Rob Ford yet, just do a quick Google. You'll find a lot of organic content. He was on Jimmy Kimmel. (laughs) It was just, the whole whole thing was just wild, but it's a very entertaining story. There's also a great podcast, same producer as as Rolled Up. So if you like my podcast and the audio production. Oh, no way. Yeah, look up Rob Ford Gravy Train. It's a 10-part series of everything that Rob Ford did and how that laid the groundwork for Trump getting elected. Okay, I'm going to stop it right there. That's enough Rob Ford talk. If you want to check out the Ruby Train podcast, go find it on Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening to Pit Stop. Speaking of Canada, Jeremy and I are talking about international expansion in the next episode. Make sure you go and listen to that wherever you get your podcasts. And maybe, maybe... We might even do a video of this one. Delivering Amazon-like speed to customers. That's what TB12 wanted when they went with ShipBob, and that's what they got. In addition to 25% cost savings since switching 3PLs to ShipBob, if the GOAT Tom Brady trusts ShipBob with his company, you should too head to ShipBob.com, get a quote, see how much you could be saving while also growing your business. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.